welcome to another edition of the Hoop Jack Podcast, our first for 2023. And we have a very special guest coming on the show. Joining us on the show are the creators of the Born Winners Podcast. We have Mo and Cam. It's great to have y'all back. Great to be back, Chris. Man, how you been? Been doing good, man. We haven't had y'all since July, and you know, wow, how y'all long already? That's crazy. It's been, it's been, it's been a minute since I've had y'all back on the show. Um, but how's how's the show been doing for y'all? How was the show for y'all for 2022? It's doing well, man. A lot of growth. Um, you know, we had, you know, playing around with, you know, some guests and different segments and stuff like that. Trying to, you know, play around with stuff and see what works and whatnot and stuff like that, you know. But um, we're still enjoying it. It's still fun for us. And I guess that's all that really matters. Yes. That's, so. all, that's all that does matter, man. As long as y'all are having fun and doing it, ain't no harm, no foul. Of course. Uh, so first topic of the day uh we're just gonna get right into it i know this might be a touchy subject for somebody um <laughs> but john morant is getting sued for allegedly punching what would, some people would say a 17 year old child i would call a teen titan um but what do y'all make of this whole situation because i I'm, i read the article and it's kind of i don't know to be honest i didn't i didn't read anything on it i only saw the same headline but if you know self-defense is self-defense but at the same time john Morant, come on bro you know better you know a little better than to be putting your hands on a kid whether you knew exactly how old he was or not you know there's a difference like he knows his stature he knows what he could lose it's just an unfortunate situation my question is this happened during the pickup game right this happened Pickup game in July. Okay, so I, I I was just about to say why you playing pickup games in the middle of the season. Um, I don't know if you if you mess if you didn't read the article, you kind of missed out a little bit because one of the things I saw in the article was apparently they got in each other's face. A dude threw the ball at Ja, and then Ja looked at somebody and goes, "Should I do it to him?" And then proceeds to punch the dude. Yo, Ja Morant, man, he really letting this whole "I'm a bad guy." thing get to his head a little bit too much he's been threatening people on twitter and stuff for months and then the only thing he do was punch a 17 year old kid <laughs> like come on now like i don't be rooting for people to get sued bro but hey man you get what he got at this point he gets sued i ain't i ain't claiming for him i ain't defending him nothing that's what he get for trying to act tough all the damn time <laughs> and yeah i mean it's just interesting how like you said, it's and to be honest, and the irony was, you know, it they were they were at the end of their season. They had already lost to Utah in June, so he had an extra month, uh, I guess. Game frustration rolled in. Yeah, so I guess losing to Utah four to one did not help. <laughs> not at all. It's a crazy situation, though. It is, and I, I think you know. Having it been that long since it happened and we're just now hearing about it. Right. Is it just because it's relevant? That's that's the thing. Imagine if John Morant was not as big as he was. Imagine if he was a role player. Would it have been any different? Mm. Shoot, not for me. If you NBA player, you get sued regardless. I don't care what, I don't care how up big I don't down care. Boy, you get sued. The money. <laughs> that's a bag right there, man. <laughs> I wish the NBA player would punch you in the face, dog. I would. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I think also it depends. Like, so I think I know it became a public knowledge because of the, the lawsuit. And I just I wonder when the lawsuit was actually filed. 
because the lawsuit wasn't filed too recently. That might be why it's like just not coming out versus back in um July when it happened. Right, but what? But wouldn't it go through like we would have heard a police report at that point, right? If they filed it, you know, I think you know fights on the basketball court aren't anything new, and I feel like you know you find a police report because you get punched over a basketball game, you, a little soft at that point. I don't know, especially if especially if you do the ball like first. Now, granted, again, not every basketball fight is with the NBA player. If the NBA player punches me in the face, everything's getting filed. But <laughs> you know, I can see why, like you know, the normal fight like that wouldn't get filed and whatnot. I just wish we had footage of it because my thing is like <laughs> you would think. My, you would think hmm. there would be. You would think. I mean, if, if John Rand's playing in the pickup game against a scuffle with someone, someone's got to pull out that camera. Of all the times for people to pull out cameras, you, someone's got to pull out the camera. Look, we got footage of Draymond Green punching Jordan Poole. We got to have footage of John Rand punching a random person for a pickup yeah. game. Out, somewhere out there in the world, there has to be. My 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 real question is, was this a sucker punch too? Or, is, or because they're not teammates, it's no longer a sucker punch. You got to you gotta let that rest. <laughs> Please <laughs> let that rest, man. Me, I will be arguing about that Draymond Green punch for a minute now. <laughs> oh man! When I saw that go down, I'm like, "All right, this is interesting." Yeah. <laughs> How's this gonna go? Oh, now we see it right now where the Warriors are sitting. It's not great. No, it is not. Um, it's actually, funny because Draymond Green just said he's going to do he's going to restart his podcast now. <laughs> And he's been like talking a lot on his podcast too. Yeah, but he hasn't. I don't think he's done it since the Jordan Poole incident, though. No, so I'm, I'm, in, I'm interested to see how, like, you know, if he's actually going to talk about it on a podcast. And then, so another thing that happened, which kind of struck me as odd in the NBA, as Donovan Mitchell scored a career high 71 points. Dog, he's a he's a dog. The con was that the next day he was issued a PED test. Let's talk about that, <laughs> man. Let's talk about how disrespectful. So, 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 so LeBron can score 41 at, at, at 40 years old, and it's not a problem. But Donovan Mitchell scores 71, and we're doing a drug test. Right. Was how there was... one for Don? Was there one for Devin Booker after he scored a, a career high in, a, with Phoenix? That's the thing. They need to keep it even all the way around. Like, uh... Did they do one for Luca when he dropped sixty? That's I'm wondering if they did because if they did not, there's some. Yeah, they. I think that's going on now. Right, I think it's messed up. I think they need to keep it even. If they feel whoever has a, a remarkable performance or whatever their criteria may be, they need to drug test every single person. Luca should have got. Luca should have got it twice last week. He had sixty and fifty. I think in the same week. So, I don't. I don't like that. You know, let Donovan Mitchell have his shine and stop random drug testing if you're not going to do it for everybody. That's my opinion. Absolutely. And it's just, it, it it sets a bad narrative like it's around, like you don't, we've known Donovan Mitchell can score. He has one good night and you immediately think, it's like when you look at the NFL, I think what Justin Jefferson or somebody recently had like three touchdowns next day performance in a PED test. Right. Like, dude, come on, like. You it's also disrespectful you to their it's, hard work. You think it's a miracle? Right. If it's consistent, then I'd say something. But it's not. It's one week. Exactly. It's one game. My real question is, aren't these things supposed to be random? Yeah. But the <laughs> way Donovan Mitchell was randomly tagged for a drug test. That's, that's the thing. Not 
you know it's not random because if it was random, they wouldn't pick that player who had a good game. They pick any other person. Yeah, because we see a lot of times players who go off in like you know football or basketball and they get hit with a random drug test, and it's like there's no way that's random. Not a chance. He's <laughs> so, trying to catch someone slipping. Absolutely. And then with kind of heading near the All Star break and kind of how teams look look like right now. What are some of the surprises that you see early on? And do you guys have like an early – who do you guys think could could win the title this year? Hmm. The Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> I'm going I'm, <laughs> I'm to keep oh, saying man. it. The well, outside of my squad. Um, I don't – my favorite right now is probably Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. I think, um, as well as Brooklyn's playing, I question it their depth in the playoffs and how everyone else will come around. But like Brooklyn has a shot for sure. Um, Boston, although I don't fully believe in them, but Milwaukee's probably my my favorite right now. Um, I like Celtics. Um, I think they have. <clears throat> I hate to say this too because I do like Milwaukee also, but. I don't know. I think I think this is the Celtics year to bounce back. I think they have a full team. Uh, they're doing pretty good in the standings. Pretty sure. Uh, the Nets are there too, but like Cameron said, uh, just can't. I just don't think it's enough. It's a scoring threat, but it's not enough in the paint. Um. So yeah, I'd probably go Celtics. I like how the Celtics look. They look hungry. I agree. I think the Celtics are ready to rebound after last year's finals loss. They're doing really well. I want to also give Milwaukee like a boost up too because they're still playing really well. And like you said, I don't. Be- I believe Brooklyn's hot right now, but consistently, I'm not sure if they stay that way. And then I think you also got to look at what's 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 when I look at what Denver sitting atop the West, I'm like. They're a great regular season team. Are they ever going to get over that hump? And I feel like they won't. Right, right. They're not, they're not a deep run playoff team. They look good. If everyone's healthy, sure. But at that point, it's okay. Everyone's healthy. There's no excuse. Right. Show us what you have. And they always fall short or get swept, which is even worse. I, mean, I don't even know who's coming out of the West, to be honest. That's the thing. You like, I'm look, look at the standings. I mean, Denver, Memphis. Pelicans, Dallas, the Kings, then the Clippers are the top six. I would not Portland, be Phoenix. I would not be surprised if New Orleans was like that sleeper team that made it to the semifinals, if not the Western Conference Finals. And here's why: there's so that group is such a there's so much chemistry on that team, and a healthy Zion, Brandon Ingram's balling out, CJ McCollum's doing well. They have a great team. They were just not – they're the underdogs of the West. Forgot, it's um, funny you mentioned Zion's health, though, because I, I think they came out today he's going to be out a couple weeks with a hamstring injury. He is. So it's like the thing with him is it, it, if he's healthy, I, I agree with you. I just – I don't know fully if he'll be healthy. My dark horse out of the West might be Dallas. I don't think Dallas can win the finals by any means. But I think mm-hmm. if Luka keeps playing at the level he's playing, they could, like, you know, he could pull some LeBron type of stuff and, like, but sneak he, his way in there. He needs the help of Tim Hardaway and Christian Wood to kind of get that momentum going. And Christian Wood needs to really control the paint. 
they need to make a trade. If they can make a trade by before the deadline and get someone, get Lucas some help, I think they could definitely make a run for it. Right. Yeah, what's, also, what's also surprising me is I see Sacramento at number five. Yeah. How is Sacramento at number five? Honestly, surprises me also is, although I never liked the Suns, really, the Suns surprised me. And I feel like the Suns and the Warriors are going to slide their way back up. And I, th- I think there's going to be more shifting. Like, these teams we see here now isn't going to be, you know, I don't think this is the playoff. Pick. I don't – I think I think the Clippers fall down to maybe 9 or 10. I think Portland might fall down to not even in the top 10. Right. If the Lakers – gosh, and I'm a Lakers fan. I'm like, <laughs> if, they, if they get lucky – if they get lucky, they're a tenth seed. If they're lucky, they're a tenth seed, mm-hmm. and that's like I'm, I'm like trying to give them a bone, but it's tough. <laughs> but I think you got a tough route if Minnesota does well, like and all that. I think they right. can move back up, and like you said, Golden State and Phoenix are always the second half of the season type of crew, especially Golden State. Mm-hmm. They always what like to do that? well in the second half that moves right into the playoffs. Yeah, uh, there there'll be some shifting. I think the Nuggets, though, and the Grizzlies will still be up there, but I think a lot of other teams will slide around. But it it just comes down: are they playoff material? Right. And right now, Denver hasn't shown it, and Memphis really hasn't shown it either. They've not really changed a whole lot of the roster that much. Exactly. Also, everything in the West is so close because, like, right now, like. What Golden State at the ninth seed is only four and a half games back from Denver from being the one seed. Right. Like everything is like they got twenty wins. Denver is twenty four. They're not that far off exactly. compared to the East. Like Atlanta's eight and a half behind Boston, and it's the same nine to one seed comparison. So like I feel like the West it really ain't the gap. Like the Lakers, honestly, Lakers could still sneak in there. Yeah, they could. Yeah, they're one and a half games back of the tenth spot. Yeah. Surprising, considering everything. It's just especially because like I don't believe Utah's going to keep that ten spot. Oh, they're not right at what they're playing at right now. They're not. No. Uh, so all right, guys. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, I have my one-on-one Hooper profile with Hampton Sydney basketball alumni Brian Brennan. So stay tuned. Welcome back to the Hoop Jack Podcast Series, guys. And today, for our one-on-one Hooper profile, we have a very special guest. We have Hampton, Sydney alumni, Mr. Brian Brennan. Brian, it's great to have you on the show. Appreciate it, man. Happy to be here. So what's interesting is you're actually from the 757 area. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Born and raised in um, Virginia Beach. Went to Tallwood High School. So talk about kind of growing up in the 757 for those kind of outside of the area. What's kind of the dynamic around here because there's a lot of different areas in the 757 you got virginia beach norfolk Hamp- the hampton road hampton portsmouth what's it like kind of area wise from and like how you were growing up yeah of course so i guess from growing up at a young age my um my dad was in the military so that's what kind of centralized us down there in um, virginia beach and um in that kempsville and in tallwood school district my mom was a um a school teacher and i uh, I worked at the Naval Shipyard. So, I mean, the biggest thing at a young age, like my dad was always big into sports. So we would follow every like college football, NFL game and on the onwards to basketball. Then honestly, kind of um, fell in love with basketball as my dad was a head coach over 
there for um, Kimsville's JV team for all my um, younger years growing up. So just kind of fell in love with the game, like watching my dad coach and kind of getting other teams that he coached as well. And then, so you started basketball pretty young, but it wasn't one of the, was it, it wasn't one of the sports that you were playing at Tallwood, was it? So at Tallwood, my senior year, I played basketball, football, volleyball, and soccer. So on the football team, I was just punter and kicker. Then um, soccer is honestly probably one of my stronger sports in high school, but um, basketball just had my love. So that's why kind of I read with that. And all my best friends played with me as well, Tyree Golston, Adrian Beasley, and then um, Ken Smith, just guys I grew up with playing since a young age. So we went through like two high school all together. You guys made it made it the trip through. Yes, sir. That's it's also interesting. A four four sports in one year because usually that would conflict with schedules. Yeah. So honestly, I, I never was interested in playing football. One of the um, coaches came out to soccer practice one day and just saw me kicking goal kicks and they needed a kick. Yep, they needed a punter mainly. They had a kicker too that was um pretty strong. So I came on the team, helped him on special teams and punting and just kind of knocked out volleyball, basketball. We had fall ball as well than um, football. So every day after school, I'd practice from like we got out at 210. Then I would get home around like 930 because it was football, then volleyball, then fall ball for basketball. So, And then after yeah. time at Tallwood, uh, you went to college at Hampton, Sydney. What was kind of the decision to go to Hampton, Sydney? Yes, sir. So I was mainly recruited by um, – D3 schools in Pennsylvania, Susquehanna, Misericordia. Then the only Virginia school that um, I kind of fell in was Hamden Sydney. And how that came apart, we were actually playing in um, the Holiday Scope Tournament. And we were playing Oscar Smith, who was the number one team in the state at that time. And um, we upset them in that tournament. And one of the Hamden Sydney recruits was at that game. Not sure if they were watching somebody else on Smith or how it came about, but kind of met him after the game, talked to him, invited me up to the school. And um, from there, just kind of fell in love with the campus. And, you know, a lot of those Pennsylvania schools were six, eight hours away from home, whereas Hamlet City was only three from Virginia Beach. So kind of went to that closer to home route. And as well, I mean, I think the ODAC is one of the most competitive conferences in D3. So a lot of my friends were going there from high school. So want to kind of stick in there as well absolutely um but from what i saw was you didn't uh you kind of had a interesting route to kind of your playing career at hampton sydney is that true yeah so honestly it's very interesting when um my freshman year when we all the basketball players came in in the recruiting class and obviously the returning players came in and um the coach recruited 23 freshmen going to my freshman year and what he was trying to do was build out like a JV team as well and honestly like transparently a lot of the guys that came in my recruiting class didn't really (laughs) know about each other I knew about like seven other the guys but we didn't realize that we were building out like a a huge team like that so pretty much it came to tryouts and coach pretty much put all their returners aside and we had I think it was like seven spots out of the 23 freshmen and I got the short end of the stick there and was on the JV team freshman year. And I think I dressed like one or two varsity games, didn't play a minute. And um, just try to work my way up the ladder 
Then um, the following year was kind of tough as well, kind of same situation. We still had that um, JV program as well as varsity. And a few of my good friends and I, like, we tried to stick it out, play through the JV. I mean, I, I had a good JV career at um, Hamden Sydney. We mainly played a lot of, like, the post-grad schools in the area, like Massanutten, Hargrave. Um, what is it? There's a military school. There, like, all the military schools in, like, the Western – um, side of um, Virginia we'd play their postgrads we actually played at um, UNC JV as well so got to play in some pretty cool arenas but then coming back to sophomore year it was kind of the same situation put in work all summer to try to make the team and kind of fell on the short end of the side there too so had to play another year of JV um, I dressed one varsity game as well at um, Davidson actually got a little bit of playing time there then um Nothing really came out of it. Then, unfortunately, our team, we're the last in the ODAC, won four games my sophomore year. And um, so I, like, yeah, I kind of quit basketball, like, midway through the year. And then, like, halfway through the second semester, once the basketball season ended, I kind of got word that um, they were going different ways with the coaching staff. And um, so they're interviewing coaches with – all like the players returning players and they selected the coach. So as they're going through their, their spring workouts, I went and met the new coach who's um, Caleb Kimber at the time. He's still the coach over there in Hamlet City now. And um, pretty much went in the room, kind of asked him in the office. I was like, Hey, I played um, JV the past two years. Never really had a shot at varsity. Like love the game of basketball. It's always been my dream to play college ball. And he was pretty familiar with me. He, he saw, like, some of the film. He's been watching up, obviously, and all the guys that he's about to, like, step up and be in the program. And um, he was like, yeah, transparently, like, honestly, I don't see you making the team next year. And I was just like, all right, like, thank you. Appreciate that, Coach. Yeah. Like, it was kind of like the first time I felt, like, true honesty, like, from my time in, in college ball. Uh-huh. So. I mean, I, I just – I told him, I was like, all right, I appreciate that. I'm like, will you still give me a shot? And he was like, yeah, everybody's welcome to work out all summer and um, fall, spring with the team. And we're just making cuts throughout the entire time. So pretty much one of my um, – few of my friends, Tyree Golston, who played at Virginia Wesleyan, and then um, one of my friends who was a wrestler over the summer, we just kind of worked out every day, four hours, eight right, got in, like, the best shape of my life. And – just worked my way onto the team going in junior year. So that was kind of the route of the <laughs> the ugly way of getting to Jersey. But it I mean, it's, it's interesting to hear that the old coach would bring in so many for a JV squad and, you know, the amount of work that you had put in to make the varsity route. And like you said, uh, the, with the new coach coming in, coach Kimbrough, you know, kind of, telling you the truth at first but you put in that make it happen yeah no I mean honestly I think it was one of the best things that happened to me in my life too because it really translates to the business world as well like and whatever career path you go obviously a lot of things aren't going to be going your way and you just gotta find your way through the weeds to make it out and um and there were some teams in the ODAC at that time that did have JV programs I know we played Lynchburg and Guilford at the time and who were kind of like the prominent teams in the ODAC when when I was there so I think we were trying to like fall under that route it's just 
right things that in our program really didn't go that way for, um for like having a jv team we really didn't work cohesively so and then what was it what was that like being able to go into your junior year and then actually getting the chance to start your junior yeah. year squad no of course so i mean obviously the um the first half of the year i was my main goal was like make the team and I, as i first well i think our first game was at coastal and um coastal carolina and myrtle beach went there and and i, I just kind of saw like how advanced the, like <laughs> that next level of basketball is like in varsity especially when you're on the court so i was like dang this is tough just kept working keep my mind right like watching film so when that time came i'd be prepared and um it wasn't until like the ninth game i remember when um when i first started and essentially like my role was just like make sure fill every gap on defense know every offensive set like study the players know exactly where we need to be and um just kind of be like that fifth man that solidifies our team together and it was kind of unique when i first came in and, and started um, a few of our guys were actually hurt. That's why that, um, like, our main shooting guard, Kevin Quinn, was um, injured. So that's what kind of, like, made me come in and play, like, a bigger part. And as I came in, played a key role, we started winning. I think we went on, like, a seven-game win streak. Kevin came back, and I was still starting, playing, like, not nearly as much as I was before, only probably, like, starting, like, the first three minutes of, the first half playing like the first four, the second, then Kevin would come in and we like our team chemistry was insane. Like we had no, everybody was pretty much selfless on that team. Then pretty much, then I got hurt after that stepped out for another month and it was just kind of next man up mentality there. Absolutely. And then by your junior year, they're, they're coming in with a new head coach, Caleb Kimbrough. What was it like? What was that dynamic like? And especially, you know, being a coach on the floor, how was he able to help you guys off the floor as well to kind of grow and establish everything? Yeah, no, of course. I've seen a significant change when um, when he first came in, mainly just like discipline. We had morning workouts every morning at um, 5.30 to 6.30 before class, sometimes 5 to 6. If you showed up a second late, you're out of the gym. Like you're, you're not working out that day. Two or three times in the fall, I've seen him, I mean, especially our junior, one of our best players who transferred from a Division One school, he actually let him go just because, like, things weren't working his way. And that's when I was like, wow, like, pretty much doesn't matter, like, the talent level here if you don't fall into the discipline strategy. Like, we're going to be better off without you. And you kind of really see that translate years down the line as now they're, like, one of the top teams in the ODAC. All to it to him. Then as well, like, outside of athletics, we had a – um academic coach that met with us every week went over all of our exams homework that we have deadlines on major projects where we're at in grades making sure that we achieve like above that 3-0 absolutely and that's what you want to have in a coach that you know keeps you guys in order but making sure you guys are taken care of yeah and no, then sorry about cutting you off though then even as well I'd like to piggyback on that um even our senior year, our academic coach helped us with like networking and the job opportunities and sending our name out to um, certain places where they had connects. So that was pretty um, helpful as well. Was and kind of following into my next question with him helping you guys make connections and everything like that, has that translated to success 
after Hampton Sydney? I know you've you're graduated right now. You're on to big things. Has that translated into something big for you right now? Yeah, it definitely helped translate it. I did get an opportunity. Um, they connected me well with um, someone over, over there at Enterprise, and I went through the job process there. But I ended up accepting another position down in Raleigh, North Carolina. And, I mean, still came through a basketball connect, but it was actually somebody. Um, we had a mutual connection down in um, Virginia Beach. I didn't even know at the time because my director played Division three basketball as well at um, Leslie College. And one of the guys I used to work out with in um, Virginia Beach actually was playing basketball with my, like, boss now. So it's kind of unique to see how basketball is always going to be involved in my life in that realm. Absolutely. And my last question to you is what advice would you give to athletes wanting to play at the college level and, you know, wanting to pursue that opportunity? Yeah. Um Honestly, the advice I would give is um, one of my teammates, Harrison Taylor, used to always say it is like fail harder. Like pretty much the harder you fail, the more value that you're going to gain from it. And you're going to be much better than what you were to if you didn't fail as hard as you did previously, because obviously you're going to pick up different attributes to learn how to succeed in your um, next position. And they're going to carry you a long way. Absolutely, man. Uh and thank you, Brian, for coming on the show, telling your story. I wish you the best of luck moving forward. Um, I hope you're still, you know, playing basketball here and there, wherever you can. Of course. And you have the best of luck moving forward. Um, thank you again for coming on the show. Yes, sir, man. Appreciate your time. Happy New Year. We'll be right back with more Jet guys, so stay tuned. And welcome back, guys. I want to thank Brian for taking the time to come on the show. I look forward to hearing all the success he has with his career moving forward. And, guys, we're getting close to the All-Star break here in Utah, which hopefully that'll be a fun game. And what I thought would be fun to do is pick our starting five for the East and the West. Now, All-Star voting is happening right now. Uh, if you guys want to go check it out, you go to vote.nba.com. You guys can start making your votes. Search for uh, to pick your players who you want to see. And what's interesting enough is they have, like, all the players. It's not just a select few. It's, like, all of them. Yeah. And I'm like, who? And it's interesting to see who Pitt swears. So what we'll do is I thought we'd start out with the West. We'll start with the the three front court. So in your opinion, who would be the starting three for the front court? And we would all kind of come to an agreement. We can make our votes from there. Well, we throwing yoke in there. Oh, yoke. Yoke. <laughs> um, this is interesting. Would you throw in LeBron? I mean, just yeah, LeBron's gonna make you it. Got to you, Jokic. I think Jokic, LeBron, and Zion probably might be the three um front court players. Yeah, that was some good picks. Uh yeah, I have to agree with that. And then the and then the guards, the two guards, Luca, obviously. Oh. They gonna force then, John Morant in there, and, and and that's the thing. You put in, you have Luca, Steph, Ja, yeah. Book, Shea, Gilgis Alexander. Oh, they gonna force John Morant. Y'all heard it here first. Who'd you say? John ja Morant. Yeah, I think I, I feel like it's got to be Ja and Luca. John, just, Luke, just based on where they are at, at in the standings. 
Just as the starters. We're not talking the rest of yeah, the yeah, roster. Yeah. Starters. Yeah. And then let's – all right, let's go to the well, East. If we're talking just starters, and honestly, I think it might be Steph because I can't – people are going to watch Steph in there. If we're just talking like fan voting and stuff like that. We're just talking about fan voting starters. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So we got the West. We have Don, Donchick and Curry as our guards. In our front court, we have Zion, J- LeBron, and Jokic. Yes. Our own. Yep. All right, let's move over to the East. We got our front court. Okay. Giannis. KD, Giannis. Yep, those two are our lock. And then probably Tatum. Because Tatum's a three, right? Oof, we got Embiid. Yeah, you have Embiid. Ooh. Oh, okay, Boy. that's hard now. Ooh. Ooh. As a starter, not – because they'll probably – Embiid and Tatum will both make it. It's who's the starter. Yeah. Damn. Who would you pick as the start? I mean – Honestly, though, already, if you already have Giannis and Durant in there, I feel like you need Tatum. But uh, that's the thing. Tatum's yeah. MVP candidate right now, but so is so is up. There's four front court MVP candidates right now at the East between Giannis, Tatum, KD, and Embiid. Uh, I don't know who I'm leaving off. Hmm. It's tough, isn't it? It is. That's a tough one. That's a tough. I, I, I think it's getting left off. Yeah, I, I, I had to think that. Too. So we'll put Tatum as our starter. Yeah, not because I want Embiid to get left off, but I feel like you know people like homegrown American players. <laughs> and then our and Giannis, Giannis is an MVP, so he's not getting left off in spite no. of that. But he's... Embiid, you know, kind of fits an easy person to cut out. Yeah, and then you have our guards. Guards is tough too. Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell, Trey Young, Jalen Brown, DeRozan, Irving, Ball, Beal, Levine, Kyrie, and Kyrie and Donovan. Well, okay, so the Kyrie part is so tricky because any other year Kyrie would be, but with the whole you know situation he got into earlier this season. Mm. So would you put Trey? So. I, I agree with that. I think it hurts him as far as a starting role. I think he'll definitely be on par with making the roster. It's just who fits that starting role. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, averaging 26-5-5 on 50% shooting from the field. <laughs> I mean, and then you got I – mean, only, the only people ahead of him are Trey, Jalen, and DeMar. I I cannot see Demar being ahead of him. Jalen Brown's having a fantastic season, man. He is. So I could see two Celtics players on the starters. Ooh, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Ah, this one's hard, man. Because then you look at Trey Young too. Trey Young, um, Trey Young shooting could get it. The field. Yeah. Oh man. So what? Our only lock is Donovan Mitchell. Our far. One lock right now is Donovan Mitchell because he's having a fantastic year. Man, thank you. I, I think Mitchell might get snubbed in spite of his good season. Mm. I well, just... There's no one else to replace. I, I'll go with Trey Young. I have faith in Donovan, too. You know I'm what? Going, actually... I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with Kyrie and Donovan. I'm sticking with Kyrie and Donovan. All right. There you go. So, Kyrie, Donovan. So, 
So what we have, we have the West starters. Reminder, this is starters, people. We don't have the full, you know, what would be what, like a 10-man roster? Almost 12? 12, yeah. Yeah, they got 12 or 13. 12 or 13. We got the Joker, James, Williamson, Doncic, and Curry for the West. For the East, we have Mitchell, Irving, Tatum, Durant, and Antetokounmpo. So, in your opinion, for the West, who else would make? And we'll go who the rest of the seven for the West, who would make it? Um, so, we need three more backcourt players, two more frontcourt, and I think two wildcards is what I believe is allowed in for the coaches voting. So, we're definitely getting Ja. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ja's definitely getting in there. Um, Booker. So, Ja, Booker. Um, oh. Dame? Would you, would you go? Uh, um, but if we do that, then we got to have all front court or mostly front court for the rest of the way. But Paul George? Well, if Anthony Davis is healthy enough to play. If he's healthy enough to play. <laughs> <laughs> It's a big if. Very, very the biggest. I, if I think world. he's. I think he was out for the year. I don't know what's wrong with that guy, man. Mm. So, Shay, Shay, Shay Alexander would be in there. Oh, man, there's just so many. He's it's tough. Big snub because he's done a lot for OKC this year. It, granted, them doing mediocre. Right. Yeah, and I actually want to take Anthony Davis off because. I'm just at the standings being like, what, third to a, third to the worst team in the West. I don't see how the Lakers get two people in there with the record being as bad as it is. No, I think it's just the one. I think it's just yeah. And then mm-hmm. Paul George, it's questionable, but. Uh, he's always in there somehow. But he's always in there somehow. Uh, would De'Aaron Fox be in there? I like De'Aaron Fox. I really want him to make it. I feel like the way Sacramento's playing this year, he deserves to be in the game. The problem is the West has just a bunch of guards. It, they do. I'm not seeing a whole lot. And then, oh, put it to put it Ingram as a maybe. Yeah, Ingram's Ingram good. wouldn't be bad either. Yeah, Ingram wouldn't be bad. You got Cat. Cat doing decent work. Yeah. As far as the big men go, not a whole lot. No, there's not. West might have to make an exception and just go all guards. <laughs> that's, the, that's the only thing because it's tough. Then you go to the east and there's like at least a, from bigs to guards, it's decent. You have Pascal, Siakam, Porzingis, Bam. Either in bead or, you know, Durant or Giannis, whichever one of the three doesn't make the starting lineup. Yeah. One yeah. of those three. Even Julius um, Randle. Randle, yeah. You have at least these, enough front court players to do work. Right. Oh, I see their guards. Yeah, they got some good guards, too. And you got LaMelo, Bradley, Zach, James, Harden. Yeah, Harden, you got Hero. Garland's at the bottom too. Garland, Maxi. Yeah, this is this is a lot better. 
I know the East looks <laughs> a lot better than the West. Remember, like back back in the day, the West was. Oh good. my God, the West would kill the East every year. Every year, it wasn't even close. Not close at all. But it's good to see that the tides change, man. Yeah, that's kind of what we want to see. Yeah. And last topic of the night, uh, with it being the first episode of 2023, and you know you guys getting ready for a new year for the show. What are some of the goals that y'all kind of want to work on and kind of aspire to have for this year? Well, um, our first goal is growth, no matter what. We want to um, get our brand up, uh, you know, our engagement up. We want to talk with the people that listen to us. Uh, we're also looking to, you know, have more, like Cameron said, we're dibble dabbling in uh connecting with people and making episodes with people we've never met or we don't know for anything and um you know get some more people on the show see see how it goes i mean that's great to hear i mean the sky's the limit for y'all like i think y'all starting out um you know like like i've done i've started small and it's just however many connections you can get and just just reaching out to anybody who who has a story. Yeah. How about you though? What's your, what are your goals for the hoop Jack podcast? I think almost the same line as growth. I think, you know, trying to get more, trying to do more with video mm-hmm. than audio. I know this is a, this is an age where audio is not a whole lot. Everyone's on YouTube. Everyone's, you know, doing video stuff. So I'm, balling on a budget so (laughs) so i can do the most what i can i think you know doing this out of a a one bedroom apartment is the best i can do but hey hey you know any way i can try and then especially with um just trying to find more people to have on i think i want to try to do i think this year i also want to try to get more out there with uh put the brand out on like go actually to places, go to like AAU tournaments, go to high school tournaments, go to go to anywhere I can for a tournament or anything like that to put the name out there. Oh, that'd be a great idea. Get some uh some shirts, some marketing, <laughs> and just yeah. uh, having some conversations, man. That'll be good. Like a live live type of uh podcast. Yeah. Ooh, a live episode we fire. Like a live episode from like an AAU tournament. Yeah. Like one of the big that would ones. Be fire. Yeah, one of the big ones, something like that. That would be fire. Mm-hmm. Yep. But all right, guys. So that wraps up the first episode of 2023. I would like to thank Mo and Cam from the Born Winners podcast for coming on the show. Guys, I wish you guys the best of luck. I will be keeping in touch with y'all, seeing how y'all doing. And I can't wait to see the growth that you guys have for 2023. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate Thanks, it. Appreciate the love and support, man. No problem. Good luck to you, your channel. Um, and hope everyone has, you know, a successful 2023. Yep. Yeah. Remember to keep logging in, tuning in. And remember, don't be a bystander. Be a hooper and keep balling. Peace.